This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. It's that time of year, players getting released from other teams, free agency two weeks away. I am so pumped about it, even though I'm a fan of draft before free agency, but that's never going to happen in the NFL. Every uh, other sport. It would be so it would it would make all the sense in the world if if we had that first. But I'm excited. I can't believe we're two weeks away from all the craziness. What's gonna happen in Cincinnati? Will they bring Von Bell, Hayden Hurst? What's gonna happen for the internal free agents? But I've said it before. It, one of my least favorite things about this time of year is when like a player position group gets released and you hear, oh, he's gonna come to Cincinnati. Jalen Ramsey's gonna come to Cincinnati. I think he has the third best odds to come to Cincinnati right now which is absolutely insane and i don't see that happening so we're going to start with jalen ramsey i'm just going to throw him out there can you talk some Bengals fans off the ledge that he's he isn't coming to cincinnati he's not coming to cincinnati um i don't think they're going to trade what would be needed for him unless it's like a fourth round pick or a player i don't know who they would trade player wise though i mean <clears throat> I was trying to even think of like an idea and I'm just like, I, yeah. I got nothing. Like there's guys I think would make sense if I wanted to do that trade, but I don't think the Bengals would do that. Like would I send Sam Hubbard to LA to get no. Ramsey? I probably would. I don't know. No, 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 <laughs> but no. I don't think the Bengals will. So you win. <laughs> I, I, I think Ramsey's think... still very good. That's where, I, that's where I am. I think if they did it, I would praise it. Like, I think he's still one of the best corners in the league, even though he had a little bit of an off year. I think everybody in L.A. didn't care. Yeah, they like, <laughs> we got a ring. We're good. The only guy that was trying hard out there was Cooper Cup, and he got hurt doing it. <laughs> so it's like, Allen Robinson's just stealing paychecks. You know? He's like, this all cash is just the same every week. <laughs> I'm good. Matt Stafford, unfortunately, was dealing with concussions. But overall, um, yeah, that's just another guy out there. And I was really surprised to see Cincinnati as, as a favorite team. Bobby Wagner, too. I don't know what's with this L.A. to Cincinnati pipeline. We got. I would rather Ramsey than Wagner. What would you rather have? Yeah, if I had to choose, 100%. But could you imagine Jalen on this team? Somebody brought up trading for um, Carlton Davis. And in my mind, that's never happening. But either Ramsey or Davis, I think they'd have to be in the complete opposite part of the locker room from Jamar Chase. <laughs> I mean, it would be. <laughs> because those are the two guys I think that have had the most. Well, Ramsey was very respectful about it, though. I, I will say, I think he was saying, like, yeah, Jamar Chase, he's a really good player. Carlton Davis, it felt like there was no real respect. Chase was like, yeah, he held me the whole time. <laughs> I, was like, I respect it. I respect it. If he was on the team, I don't know if I want those lockers close together. I think they'd get over it, and it's a really strong culture. But it would just be 
I would pay to see the first few practices of those types going at it with Jamar Chase. The last time I was in the locker room, I can confirm that most of the position groups are all together and the wide receiver room is in the front and the secondary would be in the back. back. So they would be on separate (laughs) separate sides of the locker room. And I don't think it's changed when it comes to position groups, but I agree. It would be great for the media. They would love that. But uh, but I don't see that happening. I'm going to move on to left tackle. Here's the thing. We've said it before on this podcast. Jonah Williams will be the starting left tackle. I feel very strongly that Jonah Williams will be the starting left tackle going into the 2023 season. When free agents become available, they're getting released from teams. Taylor Lewan is one that's being uh, brought up. There's an edit. He likes it. He retweeted it. It's free agency time in the NFL. And Bengals fans are like, yes, replace Jonah Williams with this guy who's injury prone, just like Jonah Williams. Um, and More injury prone than Jonah Williams. Jonah yeah, Williams well, didn't miss that many games the past couple of years. Yeah, and you know, he's getting getting a little older. So personally, I would rather roll with Jonah Williams. What do you think about Taylor in Cincinnati? Uh, Taylor Luan at his peak is what I thought Jonah Williams' ceiling was, but I don't think he's at that peak anymore. Now, is he? If he's healthy, he might be an upgrade. But you're going to be paying a bit for it. Unless he really wants to play here and is willing to take the discount and all that, Jonah Williams, you have to pay the $13 million. I guess if you trade him, you don't have to pay that. Like, I think that's the one way out. If you cut him, you pay the $13 million either way. So there's no point in cutting him. But if you trade him, I think you don't have to pay that. You're probably not going to get good value for it. You might even get a better comp pick next year than you would for trying to trade him this year because he's an average left tackle to me. And I think the NFL will see the high draft pick, they'll see his fairly okay level of play and pay the guy you see that constantly um so i think in a vacuum it's not terrible idea to bring him in and you know let him compete for the left tackle job i just think you're gonna be paying too much money at the left tackle one of those guys is gonna be like a 13 million dollar backup and that is that's a lot of cash for that so i'm not really into bringing him in and letting him play unless he is willing to take the ring chasing i want to be in cincinnati discount in which case if he's like six million dollars he's probably a better swing tackle than you can find anywhere else and he's not going to get hurt doing that um and then if he wins the job and starts cool he's probably going to play at his above average to good level um but he's been so injured and i have no idea how he's going to play so he's a really big question mark I have some mild interest, I think is what I would say, but I don't expect anything to happen. And I just think Jonah's going to start week one, unless there's something. This is the case that I guess you could make is that he comes here for $3 million or something. And he's just like, I want to play. I want to play here. I want to protect Joe Burrow. I want to win a ring. So I'm going to, you know, I know you guys got to pay these guys. So I'm going to come in cheap and wins the job outright. That's, I guess the scenario is such a low chance of happening. And I think some people think Jenna Williams is the worst offensive tackle or left tackle in the entire NFL because he led the league in sacks. And I would say consult any other statistic and he's around league average. Even his injury year this year, he was around league average. Like he allowed less pressures and had a lower pressure rate allowed than Orlando Brown, who's going to make $25 million a year. I know pressures aren't sacks, but it tells you, it tells you that I think he got unlucky and I think he loses badly at times but he's about an average left tackle. 
I hope Jonah Williams is getting paid next offseason. And maybe it isn't in Cincinnati, but it's somewhere else. But that would mean that he had a great 2023 season and Cincinnati is a left tackle. And I think that's where they're going to roll unless they did, you know, they, they do find a, a trade partner. You, you know, when you look at some of the tackle positions and, and teams releasing players, do you see any other guys available right now? It'll get wild in the next 11 to 14 days of, of different teams releasing players, maybe not on the offensive line, but any other tackle positions out there that you would have interest in. So Donovan Smith just got released from the Bucks. I have interest. I had more interest before I found out he dropped off this year. <laughs> like he was pretty good in 2020 and 2021 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at left tackle. And I was like, okay, I mean, that's a clear upgrade if you can make it happen to me. And he's not injured. He's played like 98% of the snaps the past like three years. But this past year, I've heard from multiple sources that are either watching every Bucks game or watch a lot of offensive line film that he kind of fell off. And he's around that age where that might be age related. It might not be injury related. It might not be an exterior factor. It might be he's declined athletically. And now he doesn't get out there as well. And I've heard better run blocker than pass blocker now. And I'm like, well, recency, that doesn't make it. Like, I think the run blocking, run blocking is important. But I think tackles are asked for more. Asked, Cincinnati asks more out of their tackles and pass protection than a lot of teams. And you have to probably be at least a solid to good pass protector to make it. Because that's what I think Jonah Williams is. And he allowed the league lead in sacks. He has a tough job. So I don't know if I'm that interested now after learning all that, but you can make a heck of a swing tackle if he wants to come cheap. Similar to Luan, I guess, except he shouldn't be injured. So that's interesting. Guy I keep watching, and maybe he just retires, maybe he wants to play, is Tyron Smith. I think that is he can play left or right tackle, and I think he's a big upgrade over anybody. Um, he's a little bit injury prone. You probably want to keep Jonah if you sign him, which that's a lot of money. but. Him, him and Luan, you want to keep Jonah, Donovan Smith. You could trade Jonah if you have the capabilities. But, yeah, Tyron Smith is the guy I'm watching for because I don't know if Dallas wants to keep that. They have their left tackle. I think they think they have their left tackle of the future in Tyler Smith, even if some people think he might be a left guard. So do you pay a premium? Because right tackle doesn't cost as much. Lyle Collins at $7 million a year is in the top 10 cap hits for right tackle. So do you want to pay him that to be a right tackle? Probably not. This, also, you have Terrence Steele over there who you feel good about and you let Lyle Collins go for him. You're running out of space for a guy that's going to make a lot of money. So does he get cut? Does he just retire? Because he's been injured. But does he want to play another year or two? Does he want to chase for a ring? Something he doesn't have being in Dallas his whole career. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'd be interested if I'm Cincinnati and I see Tyron Smith is cut. I am making a call, especially because guys that are cut don't affect your comp picks. So you still get your third for Jesse Bates and your, I don't know, fourth for Jermaine Pratt. We don't know what these guys are going to make and what the comp pick will be, but that would be what I would kind of in my mind think I would get back. And uh, these guys don't affect that. 
Yeah, one of the things, uh, obviously, listening to Duke Tobin earlier and Zach Taylor, they they talked about the offensive line. They were asked about it. They felt pretty good with the way the offensive line looked from the majority of the season. I think if you know you had those three guys that were injured, it would look a little different in the AFC Championship game. So those injuries happen at a really bad time for them, and they seem to be okay with what the offensive line looked like and and you know you know free agent depth. But at the same time, I think it's extremely important. And maybe you are having conversations when free agency gets here with guys who are you know they they just were released or um a, a free agent guy who doesn't have a team yet and you say hey you want to come on this team we went to the super bowl we went to the afc championship game we have joe burrow as the quarterback do you want to come protect him and maybe you get a little discount with having joe burrow as your quarterback but i don't i don't know what the offensive line room looks like and i would still say that you know right tackle is the biggest question mark for me personally mm-hmm. and yeah i want jonah to play better next year i'm i'm not okay with just okay, just an okay offensive lineman at left tackle. I want him to be the Jonah Williams. I think a lot of people, you know, going back to his draft day, I don't know if you, you know, it wasn't that long ago, but how did you feel about them taking Jonah? I didn't really watch back then. I've only watched like the past three years, yeah. but I felt fine about it. Like I remember watching and I'm like, sure. Like I heard, like I, I wasn't like completely in the dark or anything, but I remember hearing, it's a weak tackle class. He's the best tackle. Um, he's a pe- better pass protector than he's a run blocker. Uh, he's short arms. Some people said he could, should move to guard, but a lot of smart people I said I listened to said stay at tackle. The the guard thing doesn't always make sense. So uh, I think he's basically lived up to it. Short arms loses the power sometimes and can lose to an inside move now and again. But he's got good feet. Stays in good position. He's an okay athlete, not a great athlete. It was just kind of a not a great year to take the first tackle. If you look at other years, the first tackle usually has a higher pedigree than that. But championship left tackle for the Crimson Tide could play right tackle. I don't think he can anymore. Like that's so far gone. Like seven years ago, I think was when he played right tackle. So I don't know if I would ask that of him. But yeah, I remember being fine about it. Like I, I wasn't upset about it. I, I remember like, yeah, sure. I wanted Devin White in that draft. I remember, even though I didn't watch anybody, I just remember going like, that guy's good. And uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Who would you rather have, Devin White or Jonah Williams? I just want Jonah Williams to be healthy and, and play a little better. He was pretty good in 2021. I think we forget that. We do. We do forget it. And and what do you think? Do you think it, it is the sack numbers for people when they yeah. when they get down on him? Yeah, absolutely. Because you just go to pff.com, you put in Jonah Williams, ignore that he has an okay, not great grade. It's not like a 20 in there, but you know, it's like a 60. So it's like orange, <laughs> orange, kind of bad. And then you see sacks, T1. So he's tied for first and sacks given up. I think that's what they see, and they go, he stinks. Because the only thing that matters is sacks given up. And I get it, because one of the best offensive tackles in the league isn't going to give up that many sacks. But can an average offensive tackle battling through an injury give up that many sacks? Sure. And is it unlucky? Is he the guy that gives up the sack for whatever reason when a play breaks down and it's not really on the offensive line? Yes. So that's, I think, where it comes from. But to me – he still played – he might have been a little bit below average, but he wasn't bad. And I think we forget he was pretty good in 2021, and he was okay in 2020. This, to me, 
he started slow, got hurt, and I think that's the story of the season for him. So can he be healthy and can he start fast this year? Can he not give up two sacks to Alex Highsmith in week one? Like that would be the big one to me. It's like, can you start off with a bang? Because so much of our impression of these players seems to be what they do early. Even though this team made a run to the conference championship, I think everybody's image of Jonah Williams is giving up sacks to Alex Highsmith, and everybody's image of Joe Mixon is, you know, falling down in the first four weeks. And everybody's image of other than Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, everybody's image is the Falcons game where he threw for a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. But, you know, like when they don't have a good opinion about a guy, I feel like that image comes in their mind of the first like couple weeks, even if they got better. Maybe Jonah is a, he plays better during odd years. And it's <laughs> so like, what you got to find a guy that can cover for him <laughs> two years from now. Well, hey, you only have him for this next year. That's true. So maybe this is it. Maybe Jonah Williams can go. You know what? I hope this team wins a Super Bowl ring for Jonah Williams. Maybe you'll be a maybe you'll be a Michael Johnson. You know, he leaves on a decent deal. They sign him and he stinks because it's an odd year. And then the Cincinnati's like, you can come back. And then he plays great because it's an even year. <laughs> It's 2025. I think the Super Bowl is in New Orleans that year. So <laughs> it makes the perfect sense. Oh uh, no, now we're just dreaming. But yeah, I'm not I'm not down on Jonah. You know, I want him to play better, of course. I want the offensive line as a whole to play better. Uh, but no, great stuff. I, I love the breakdowns when it comes to the tackle position. I know you're busy on all Bengals. What's over there? Uh so I just had an article on Zach Charbonnet, who's my sec who's my favorite second round running back, I think. Big, and the reason I love him is uh reminds me of cedric benson uh and i love cedric benson i i don't want to make you feel old but i wore 32 in middle school basketball because i was like i want to be cedric benson i think it was in high school okay. um but but cedric uh rest in peace cedric one of yeah, I know, um... that too that was that was really sad um but yeah but what do you think of cedric benson is like big bruiser surprisingly a little nimble and can catch the ball a little bit so those things are like the surprising thing it's like he can actually catch a little bit he can he's a little nimble and that's why he was such a high draft pick he went like four overall to the bears nobody remembers Damn. that he, so like when i called him to cedric benson i feel like if a bears fan read that he go oh he thinks he's a bust or if a packers fan read that who they paid him after he left this night they go like i don't want that but for a Bengals fan, you're probably reading that and going, ah, yeah, I like said. <laughs> All good memories. Um, I want to say he had a really good game against the Bears when he was. Oh, my goodness. I lose in my memory. He had like four touchdowns. And then was it, did he play I'm on a boat after? Or is it I, remember. I don't remember, but it was like a fun choice of song that he was celebrating too. And that game felt so personal to him. That was one of the first revenge games that really felt like a revenge game that mm -hmm. I've seen. Yeah, no, said was a good one. Make sure you're checking that out, all Bengals. You can follow Mike over on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sands. Just great breakdowns going into the Combine, free agency, NFL draft. You can follow our podcast. It's always game day in Cincinnati. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. And thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.